Welcome to the Nerdsy Classified Podcast. This is episode 46, My Hero Academia Part 4. And AJ just informed me a few minutes ago, as he's been taking the lead on all these episodes, he's taking a different approach to this episode. So it sounds like Part 4 is going to be our final part until obviously Season 6 comes out, but that's not happening until fall of this year, right, AJ? I think so. Yeah, I thought so too. I know the manga the manga's ending. I'm actually like I'm a little bit I'm a little bit like I don't know how I feel about not having any of the manga cuz I feel like it's actually pretty cool. And it's like on the list of stuff that I eventually will get like the entire series, but I don't know which yeah, no. big series I'm going to conquer first. So it's interesting because, you know, like my company kind of works with uh, my hero, a lot of their products and merch and all that. Yeah. And so it's the popularity is insane, especially among like the younger kids. Yeah, I actually my last day in Kansas City, I went to a Waffle House as I was driving back to Minnesota. Classic. Saw two kids, probably about nine, maybe nine and ten. Both of them had just decked out like the cringy anime stuff. It it wasn't even like a good My Hero Academia like sweatshirt and shirt, but you know what? They were still repping. But like, I I do see a lot lot of kids. Saw a lot of that at the anime convention. Yeah, I mean it. It it makes sense because if if I were like ten years old or like tw- just say like twelve and under, probably the easiest thing to watch and probably let your parent or have your parents allow you to watch would be My Hero Academia because it it doesn't look as menacing as it actually is in the in the later seasons. If that makes any sense whatsoever. But it's just like, I I remember even being a kid, like my mom didn't let me watch like Naruto and Yu-Gi-Oh because the characters look like mean, you know? So my hero academia, I feel like is probably a little bit better to get into for like a younger age, but I digress. So, oh, oh. I did not hear you that whole time. Did you not hear me? No, I didn't hear you at all. What was... I couldn't hear you at all. You cut out completely. That's weird. Discord probably just broke... I, I basically just said that uh, My Hero Academia does not look as menacing as it actually is, so it's probably easier for parents yeah, to allow their ramp- children to watch. Yeah, the new season's really ramping up, yeah, well, we're about to get into like season six is about to. I, I I'll just we can talk we can talk about that later. I I don't want to skip steps, especially you're you're leading this, so I I'm I'm handing over the reins, folks, to AJ like I have been this entire series. So you just I'm I'm following lead here. All right, guys. So me and Putney were talking, and we thought we were still summarizing way too much. Like, we wanted to get more, like, discussion, more back and forth. 
because I was feeling like an English teacher. So what I decided to do is I'm just going to hit on points. I'm going to get Putney's opinion, and then we're going to, if it's important enough, we go back and forth. If not, we kind of just skip it. How does that sound? I like it. I like it a lot. All right. So we ended with, you know, All Might's retirement, all that. And the kids, they move into the dormitories. That's kind of where we left off, right? Yeah. Okay. So, licensing test. We'll start with round one. Anything important you thought of? Um, Round one of the licensing test. I mean... Is round one that does That's round one? In, it's the what? The balls. Oh, hmm, not really. No. Okay, my only one was how Aizawa pointed out uh, the kind of leadership that Bakugo and Midoriya have and the di- dynamic. I thought that was it. Just shows the kind of sense that he is. But that's about all I had from that one as well. Uh, how about round two? Which one was round two? That was the uh, the rescue. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so let's see. My biggest thing was probably the other teams, not really class A. I know, like, we see, like, a lot of the episodes surrounding, like, that little bit is just focusing on, like, Class A. But, I mean, one of the main things that I like to, uh, what's her name? I always forget her name. What's the crazy one that loves Midoriya? Toga. Yeah. I mean, she's she's disguised in this in this second section of the test. And she is, like, loving up on Midoriya. So, like, that's one of the... I find it funny how easily she could basically get into the test. Yes. And yeah, I also was, like... That was my biggest point, too. Yeah. And she got a little bit of his blood. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So, that that part, and then just the dynamic of... I always... Again, like people people who listen to the podcast, y'all know I'm I'm so bad with names. And AJ, I don't even know if you remember this guy's name, but he was one of the top recruits from a different school. He was yeah, the wind user. Like Inusa or something like that. Yeah. He, but his, he's a he's a great his, character. His his hero name is Gale Force. Yep. Great, great character. I did like watching him though, and I found it funny that he didn't pass the exam. Yeah, so I mean, Todoroki, Todoroki and Bakugo not passing is yeah. obviously a big thing. And I guess the subtle thing that's not really talked about is that this is kind of the first step in Midoriya truly like becoming the next number one hero. And like we see All Might go visit One for All, and then after that he's kind of rattled, but seeing that kind of puts his mind at ease. So All Might really does believe fully Midoriya will be here. But uh, 
This kind of leads to the next big thing, which is Deku versus Kachan. And what if, did you have anything like interesting about that? So one of the big takeaways is Bakugo blames himself for All Might losing mm-hmm. his power. Yeah. There's a lot which of raw is, emotion there. Like it, it's pretty obvious to see, of, but it was great, except for the fact that there was also a lot of inner monologuing. Which is and not for, common for him. Yeah, and so it was uh that kind of took away from it a little bit for me. Okay. I literally just watched that part in the show. Yeah, personally, so that cool. was that was probably one of the better parts for me is like we we really got a deeper window into what he actually thinks about because that you just don't see it. Like this is really the first time you're seeing any like raw emotion, true thought, like not really any less of the shield up because he's a very shielded person. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty no, big. I, like, I think it's partially me. Just this was what, what my sixth time, fifth time watching that part. Yeah, that's true. And so, like, I think the act I built up the fight itself more than I remembered because the emotion was so impactful. So I think that's part of it was I was let down with the fight scene itself. Because basically the only thing we learn is now Midoriya can use 8% full body control. That's the only important thing from the fight aspect unless you have some other point that I missed. No, I mean, really, the fight is is cool to watch and we do get that little tidbit at the end that Midoriya's getting stronger. He's slowly but surely getting there. I mean, 8% is, you know, with, with All Might's power, 8% is like. Still That's what I was going to say. Is like, it, it doesn't seem like a lot unless you factor it in. Like, All Might was legit the number one hero, like, ever. And, like, I was watching. I forget, like, how old All Might really is in the show. And because I forgot he like interned in the U.S. and that's how he got kind of his whole look. Which I don't know if you remember that. Like he was, he was a U.S. superhero. No, I I don't part, remember that. And then he went back to Japan. That's why you get like the Delaware Smash and Texas and all that. Because I was always yeah, wondering. That would make sense. And it took me five times watching through to finally, like, catch it. So that was something. That was, like, one part that I was like, finally, I have an answer. But this really leads to, like, the next kind of, like, major arc. So first, the big three. Thoughts on them? Just initial, when you first meet them. Obviously, you meet Lamillion. Yeah. Our bud. So, gonna be gonna be honest. There's some pretty like the big three. They're pretty good characters. Like I'm I'm not I gonna bash like on them that. at all. But it's almost they're almost like too good. And like, what I mean by that is like, when you have such good side characters and like such a nerdy MC like Midoriya, and now the fact that you're 
you're learning that Lemillion was supposed to have All Might's power and not Midoriya. Well, it, he wasn't supposed to. Well, he Every, he was he was a candidate, he was, and he was the top recommendation. Yeah, sure. from from All Might's sidekick. So, you know, it, it's a it's almost a little disappointing if you like Lemillion that much, which personally I did because I love how silly and OP he actually is. Um, Lemillion now, was a great character, and we all hope he gets like. We're skipping around a little bit because he's such a good character, and now we're not doing these summaries. But we all hope he gets his powers back. Yeah. Because also, him babysitting Aerie. Aerie's the cutest thing in the world. Aerie is pretty cute. <laughs> she is. She's cute. She's okay, cute. so the big three. Really, I love the big three, especially um, Sun Eater. I really like him. Yeah, that kind of the kind of side arcs we get later on with Sun Eater, Fatcom, and Red Riot, who is Kirishima. That's a great one. Yeah, those and are it, those those are tearjerkers that are action packed, and it's just oh, those are so good. Well, it's also that side arc is actually super important because that leads us into like the main like the main arc of season four with like yeah the the bullets and the drug like basically I, what what is that first drug called that the guy takes when he's fighting oh, red right it's like turbo or speed or like something like that yeah but it basically enhances quirks yeah because he basically could like make little knives on his fingertips the guy that first uses the drug and then it turns into who can blades are coming out of every which way of his body yeah so they're insane power-ups it's like midoriya going from eight percent to one million kind of thing with and the drug full yeah it's it's pretty over the top okay so we get the three or i guess the four of them that are the main intern right yeah yep for the for them get like real internships, and so we meet uh Night Eye, yes, who was All Might's sidekick. Basically, like begged him to be the sidekick, and his quirk is he can see the future. Yeah, he has of foresight. That touches, and so we learn that he used this on All Might and knows All Might's future. And that he should have retired a long time ago. But All Might never stopped listening to him. And so he also doesn't use his power on people again. Like that, I think, was the rule. There was some rule, you know, like there always is in shows. Like stipulations, but I forget exactly what it was. But thoughts on Night Eye and the whole agency and everything? Night Eye's he's a stickler for the rules, but he actually is a very well- I don't know, thought up character. I think the, so he is, Lemillion is part of Night Eye's agency. He's interning for Night Eye and yeah. Midoriya wants to. And I think that's probably the most moving scene is the fact that Midoriya is basically trying out and he gets the challenge from Night Eye and then he fails, but he fails in a way that Night Eye appreciates he doesn't step so on the poster I, that, 
Nidai is basically equivalent to Midoriya as a nerdy fanboy. Yes. And so Midoriya and him are able to connect on that level. But Nidai's whole point for taking Midoriya on is to prove All Might wrong and saying that he picked the wrong person, essentially. Yes. And so, so we have that. We have that whole backstory within the story. Yeah. I mean, this is this is where you're getting, like, a lot of depth. So, like, personally, I think season three, or at the time, I thought season three, the end, um, the end of All Might, uh, respectively, I thought that was probably the deepest they were going to go. Not, obviously, I hadn't read the manga, oh. I had no idea, but... This is kind of where you get the sense that they're going to go like way, way deeper down the rabbit hole and pull you into some serious stuff. And that's exactly what happens is because uh, we meet Ari like almost immediately after Midoriya and Lemillion are patrolling and something is terribly wrong when they see yeah, Ari and, and how we, scared she is. And we, and we meet uh... Mirio, right? Yeah, overhaul is his. Yeah, name. overhaul. But uh, so one thing I just wanted to talk about. I wonder if you're. And almost even like season three to season four, they made a transition from. This is no longer gonna be like the entire high school career, but just this year. That's almost how it feels like. They figured out like they tunneled in on what they wanted. They narrowed it down, almost. You know what I mean? Because this totally. show yeah. has the capacity to easily be a Black Clover and a Naruto and a One Piece where it could go on forever. And it could have lineage like Boruto. Because, of course, superheroes can be passed down forever. Yeah. That's just how those kind of universes work. Very true. But anyway, so yeah. Uh, that that was just my take. I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I, I do. Like, yeah, I do. It really transitioned into like, this is our story. Yeah, it, but, uh, I don't know. It just season four, the end between the end of season three and this episode where we first meet Ari. I think yeah. that is like the start of the second half roadmap, essentially. Like, that's yeah. where... So we... The starting point for the second half where we really didn't know what direction they were going to go in, we just knew that Midoriya's path was starting is the end of season three. That, that, that part is completely obvious to us. But when we meet Aerie, that I think that just kickstarts the story into a completely, like the rabbit hole we're going down I, right now. Dude, I think it's because it's the emotions that you get like Midoriya crying at the lunch table or in front of Todoroki and Ida. Like you get yeah. them at the table, the table during the briefing where those two are like hardcore set on saving. Like it's those, like this is almost like a, it's like those stories where you have to balance vengeance versus being a hero type of thing totally because lamillion and midoriya their feeling was really they, 
they went from despair to rage because they knew that they had messed up. They want they yeah. thought that they were never gonna get another chance to save Ari because they because did Midori, not take the Midori shot. Midoriya wanted to do something at the moment, but they would have lost. And he knew that after the fact, like Midori is smart enough. Well, Lamillion stopped him, but Lamillion wanted to do something in hindsight. And so it's like the emotions are just all over the place. And then you get to see them working with real heroes like Eraserhead Aizawa is now going to be like a colleague in this. It's just like, it's built up for this huge... It goes from them sneaking to get Bakugo out to them being a part of this full-on police raid. And so it's like a huge evolution. Yeah. From kids to uh, heroes, essentially. Yeah, and I know we're not we're not completely there we're not to season five yet but that link between the meeting and season four where they're sit they got a seat at the table to season five when endeavor learns the truth and he knows like what's gonna happen it's a big reason it's a huge yeah so it's a good start i totally think they knew exactly the writers knew exactly what they're doing in this and my hero academia it's like I know, I literally know we're not even talking about season five quite yet, but if they do season six right, it should be phenomenal. It's, then, well, it's like a history seven. books type anime. It's like, okay, now you're, you automatically are in the conversation now because the buildup was so like grand. That, yeah. Now, I think, I think season six will be very much Attack on Titan part two, where it's the buildup leading to the war. And then it ends season seven, season eight with the villain League of Villains versus the heroes. Okay, that's my opinion. Yeah, I just think like it still is tough to where they're at currently in in where what we see in season four through season five. It's tough to say that they could compete with like a Jujutsu Kaisen or Demon Slayer just because these type now that shonen has gone in a different direction as of late it's tough to say that a show that started off pretty kid friendly and now is getting into the more serious stuff when we go from like i mean honestly Black like it, clover did the same thing they did okay you know what yeah you're you're There's right a lot you're right more episodes to do it yeah you're right but all i'm saying is I'm okay. So like if I was a parent of like a 12 year old, I, I would let them watch like the first three seasons of my hero academia and be like, okay, it's, it's not too serious, but like, that's what I'm saying is like, is it's tough for them to compete in the long run when like they might not have enough like emotional pull and severity in the final season so i hope you're right that they go to like a season eight because then they would totally make up for it but all i'm saying is like we've seen the first season of jujutsu kaisen we've seen two seasons of demon slayer in a movie and they they hit a both of those shows hit us right out of the gate like that first episode so 
I'm really all I'm saying, I guess my final point on that is on that little tangent is I I'm excited. I'm excited for my hero academia because I think I think they found what exactly they wanted to do with the show. Obviously the manga already had the template set. So the writer of the manga, the writer and the artist, he knew exactly what he was doing. But now now that you actually get to watch it take formation. I, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in these later seasons. Because season four oh. and five set up something, in, what should be something absolutely incredible. Okay, so this is kind of a side tangent. That's but what we're here for. I'll, I'll bring it back. Did I send you this video? I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the Chargers like NFL schedule release? Um, Did I? I don't think so. It was on TikTok. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, they did it anime themed to show their schedule release. How do I even look? What? Where are DMs on TikTok? Oh, you have to. I found your, it. Uh, your notifications. Okay. So here, people. Oh, it's a demon slayer. I'll talk for a minute while Putney watches this. So, the reason I bring this up is honestly, this animation was better than the end fight with Midoriya versus Overhaul, but we'll get into that later on. I thought the fights throughout the Overhaul, uh, was it the, I think it was the Yakuza gang. Yep. They, uh, they raid the Yakuza gang, and we get a bunch of side fights. And so Soul Eater, phenomenal. We see Red Riot in his second fight, because we got to see him burst onto the scene finally. With that drug, he was the person that faced him. So he's already known, but this... Him and Fat Gum versus these the two uh, two villains. One had a shield ability, the other one was just wickedly strong. You got to see that kind of a fight, and it was really powerful, really emotional as well. Both fights were emotional. We see, uh, we see them keep going throughout... We see Lemillion, uh emotions take over, and he just keeps going ahead because he can phase through all the warping of the tunnels. And we see him one-on-one -on -one with Overhaul right away, and it doesn't go well because Overhaul is really strong, and Lemillion has to protect Aerie anyway, so it's really tough for him to do all that. And so we see him, we get together. We see Night Eye coming as well, along with Midoriya. And so they're all trying to fight together and take down Overhaul. And Night Eye uses uh, his foresight, and he basically sees them all dying. But Midoriya kind of, I don't know if you called this the Shonen MC power jump, but it's essentially that, where he's able to basically break Night Eye's foresight and get this amazing power because he used Aerie's ability so she's the one that's able to create the drug we learned that's called rewind and it basically removes quirks and we saw this work because they shot Lemillion as he protected Aerie which was a super this whole scene and this whole like arc finale was so powerful and it had so much drama in it like I feel like I'm missing out on so much, but Buddy, any what do you what do you have to say about this whole setup? 
Well, first off, the charger schedule pretty sick. They they encompassed a lot of different animes into it, like Keenan Allen with the Avatar Last Airbender. We even got some. We got Demon Slayer, a lot of Demon Slayer. We got a little bit of Naruto, and I saw even one thing of Jujutsu Kaisen. Anyways, well, the it scene. Was like I thought they did a cool job. Like it's let Russ cook. You know, that's like his slogan. And yeah. so they did food wars. Like, they did. Yeah. Oh, I I I felt like a twelve year old kid watching that. Yeah, they like, did a on... they did a good job. But also, like I said, the animation and I felt. Piece. Bad. I felt the animation was better on that than it was in the... This was, like, one of the strongest, strongest, like, fight whole arcs. But the final fight really left me lacking. What yeah. the animation That's true. So, AJ already covered it, and my, like, final thoughts on this would be... So, yes, Midoriya it was smart enough to use Ares' rewind power... Because basically what he did is he knew that he was going to break all of his limbs. So he tied Aerie to his back and literally just went full out. And basically, yeah, he she'd went rewind. One million constant. Yeah, which because was absolutely insane. But that's the reason that's, the that's fight kind of sucked. It's such a Peter Parker, like, Iron Man, like, smart, witty move. Which is cool. But then you don't get, like... Like, the best animation was, like, a bunch of fists coming down on overhaul. Yeah, that's that's why the fight sucked, honestly. It, yes. It was a great fight to experience, but not necessarily a great fight to watch because, like AJ said, the animation was lacking because of what was actually going on. Midori and overhaul are so powerful that it's, like, everything in their wake was basically just disintegrating. So, it was... It was it's basically happening so fast. They were animating it so fast that you could yeah, barely and- tell what was going on. There was a lot of debris because Overhaul literally was like, he was like destroying Crashing. everything around him and Midoriya was smashing. It was crazy, but what you get from and, it and- is the emotional pull. And you had the League of Villains. You had like everything else, but the fight was phenomenal. The emotions were insanely high because Lemillion lost his powers. Night Eye was basically on death row. Midoriya's broken. You have this poor little girl who was damaged mentally and physically. Overhaul, like, absorbed his companions, so now he's, like, some freakazoid. You have the League of, Leg- or League of Villains coming in randomly and doing stuff, especially Toga protecting her man, I guess. It's like, there's just so much that goes on. And it's funny. Cause in the end, this isn't the end of season four. There's no. still more episodes after this. No, we still no. have the school festival. Yeah. And so school festival is a great, like, it's like a less important version of Demon Slayer or Butterfly Mansion at the end of season one. Yeah, it it's it just makes you feel good seeing Aerie smile for the first time. Like that's an adorable thing. But it's like the big thing at the end is the end of season four where we see Endeavor truly like take his mantle as a number one fighting a Nomu. Except this Nomu had, like, actual 
brain capacity as it was one of Dob- Dobby's like personal Nomus, which I don't understand why he gets personal ones. Uh, unless all for one. Or what? Am I saying it right? I always get these messed up. One, f- it's one for all? One for all. One, one for all. He like he must have known that he was a Todoroki and had that power. Yeah. But yeah, so that's like that fight was cool. I mean, it's obviously not super important because it's Endeavor at the time, right? Yeah. We don't think Endeavor is going to be that big of a deal. We don't I like would... Endeavor quite yet. We just thought it was a Nomu thing. But we do see, like, through it, we see him realize, like, what he wants to be as a father. And so that's kind of, like, something. We see that growth. And so we get to season five, and a lot of season five, like, the first half of it is just class 1A versus class 1B and these mock fights of, like, 5v5. Yeah. And I'll just hit some quick highlights that I remember. Because I haven't watched it quite as recently as Putney. But uh, Todoroki learned, uh, is it called Hellfire? He's he's trying to learn Hellfire, yeah. He's trying to learn it. This is the thing that he's He's somewhat learned it, but it's still way, way, way underpowered compared to his dad's. He's still trying to max his his flames. But yeah. this was the thing that killed his brother was that was the backstory, which we know is Dobby, but you know, this, that. And so for a while, he never wanted to learn this power. But we also saw Tetsu Tetsu just be a man, essentially. I love Tetsu Tetsu. Tetsu Tetsu and Kirishima are two great characters. Phenomenal. And then we saw Yaoyorozu versus... uh. The big hand girl, Hondo, Kwando, something, Do. I don't remember her name. I feel bad, but you had that. But the main one that was really important, well, there were two. Uh, Tomioka. Wait, no, that's not his name. Is his name? Who are you talking about? Black Shadow. Yeah, Tomioka, right? Tomioka. He can fly. He learned how to do that from uh, Hawkeye. Pretty cool, honestly. So that was a really cool thing to learn about. We got to see a lot of 1Bs, like, true powers, which was unique. And I think they did that because now with this war leading up, we didn't realize it at the time, but it's a big deal to know all these kids' quirks. But uh, it was Shinso versus Midoriya and Uraraka essentially were the main people involved. And the reason this is a big deal is because we all know one one frog gets passed down from generation to generation. Yep. However, they ne- like All Might can't use any of the other past wielders abilities. Like we don't see that happen. Yeah. Well, we also he's he said in the past that the figures that Midoriya sees that All Might never saw all of them. Like, he, he has, like, faint recollection yes. of it. Midor- Midoriya's visions are very much stronger than yeah. anyone else. Because All Might, he only had it from the predecessor. He had only heard about it 
and had like faint recollection of it from his yeah. own experience, but way different from Midoriya's because we it's basically just, find out that he's going to be able to use these other powers. The like prophecy child, essentially. Yeah. Because at the it's, end of the joint training arc, he basically he basically goes crazy. It's Naruto, Naruto using all the tailed beasts. You know, it's Midoriya's ability is now he's going to be able to hopefully draw from all the past users' quirks. Now, All Might he basically has because All Might was quirkless before as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So the super strength, that's just what he gets. Yep. And but then so, these, the basically the power that we see, what is it called? Like dark whips or something like that? I think it was called lacquered. No, that's the wood one. Yeah, it's like dark it's, wood. Yeah, it's it's basically he can make these gigantic, like powerful, like they're like whips. Restrict. They're whips, but they're also like claws at the same time. They basically can be used for defensive and offensive capability so it's very like versatile and it's almost like um aizawa's scarf in a way yeah so similar to that except and you can attack and defend with it this is the second holder yes yes so this is one for all's brothers the person he passed it down to this is this guy's ability because the first wielder, his only ability was passing it down. So that got passed down, obviously. Yeah. And so we see this, and so Shinso's going to join the hero course as well, is a, basically how this wraps up. Yep. And we get a recap of everyone. Uh, we also see Bakugo become a lot more of a teammate and stuff. Yes, he does. So we do see that growth huge leap and we there. really we see the big three kind of forming on 1a which is Todoroki, Bakugo, and Midoriya yeah he did kind of no longer in that he's in the friend group but he's not in that lead position anymore yep nor and should he be he's just not powerful enough and that's how we lead to the next work study internship in which Todoroki invites Bakugo and Midoriya to work at Endeavor's agency. Yep. But this is no longer scary Endeavor. This is dad, good hero, number one hero Endeavor. This is Endeavor becoming one of Putney's favorite characters in My Hero Academia. Because... I think he's going to die, and I think it's going to be a really sad death. Dude, probably. He, he seems like a Jiraiya-like type of, type of death. And this is this is super classic though, uh, shonen and just like even even just like anything in the entertainment industry with like TV shows and movies is to have like the redemption story of a parent or like friend that's basically outcast for something bad that they did, which Endeavor did, and now that he's trying to redeem himself and he's actually doing a really good job and. They're going to pull us in. That's what they're doing. They're pulling us in. And then, like AJ said, he's probably going to die. So just be prepared to guard your heart. Guard your heart. It's a shonen tradition. 
It, it, dude, it totally is. They're, they're just, they're just building us up so they can smack us right back down. I don't necessarily have a problem with it though, but I, I am, I am on the Endeavor train right now. I really, season five Endeavor is a phenomenal character, like yeah, phenomenal. So at the beginning, he analyzes or analyzes all of their quirks and is really going to try and help them like Midoriya's is doing the two for one ability being able to master those lacquered I forget what it's called it's going to drive me nuts it's like lacquered whips or something yeah but Todoroki's is obviously to better use his flames Bakugo is just be stronger but so we see him and their whole goal is to keep up with him and that really it's like learn by doing yep and and this is actually really important to the storyline because up until this point yes they've been with the hero agencies but even to this point a lot of experience points not a lot of power points that's true but like even you see Todoroki's done this with his dad before and yet this is his first like realization and Midori and Bakugo of like, oh my gosh, he's that fast. Like this, yeah, this is what it takes to be the number one hero. He knows the city, but like the back of his hand, he's fast and he acts like before the crime is basically already happening. Yeah. And they struggled to keep up with him initially. You get to truly see the in- intricacies of being a hero and being a top hero. It was... Like they thought- they seen All Might and like Bakugo and Midoriya had to fight him, but they haven't seen him as like a daily hero, and that's like a big step. But the other big thing is uh, Hawkeye, Undercover, and the League of Villains, and his yeah. main, his primary outlet is to Endeavor, and so he sends them the secret message that they're coming, and so. That's kind of how it ends there, but then we get to see my villain academia for the final episodes, and we get the whole, whole Tomura Shigaraki arc. Yeah, the paranormal liberation war arc, because they literally, if like, I, I, I don't necessarily love the name change, I did like League of Villains as a name, but they changed... They're named the Paranormal Liberation Front, which makes sense for their goal. Did, they only did that because it was the bigger organization. Very much a Toman swallowing Valhalla type of situation. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, like, I don't know. The whole she, the experiments and whatnot on Shigaraki... I, it reminds me of the Joker. Dude, I, I really didn't expect it, though. Like, I didn't expect... I loved it. Like you, I understand. They're turning, a, they, they're turning you into a true villain. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally, totally, totally understand why. The why behind try to give them the power of all for one. But, like, I just, I don't know. I just didn't see it coming. Really? Which, I, I liked it. I liked it. I saw this. This is the first time I think I've seen something you didn't. I totally yeah. saw it coming. I thought they were going to use Midoriya's blood 
still not sure exactly what they're going to use that for, but. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I think it I was very brain dead watching this. Like all the people in the League of Villains like evolved in this war, in this battle. So they are all incredibly strong now. And now they're like the upper division leaders of this new organization. Like there's levels now to the size of these League of Villains. I'm just going to keep calling that because the other name's dumb. Paranormal but... Liberation Front. The PLF. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I don't so, know. Season 5 was was really good. And the ending, too, to the, like, the, the very end of the joint operation, that was... I liked that scene. The only... Are you talking about with the girls? I'm just talking about when they get the text message for for the joint operation, the students, Class A. Oh, yes. I was like, the ending involving the girls and Selkie and all that kind of was dumb, but I agree. Like, It's about to go. It's about to happen. Yeah, they've, they've teed it up. Now, now all they got to do with season six is knock it down. That's all you, you got to do. It's all like the, of 2022. That's what it's all like. It Black, says. It's all with Black Clover. Just keep, keep going. Oh, I'm literally. Don't I want that. it. I want it. It it is confirmed that it the release date is fall of 2022. I don't see an actual date on here besides that it's fall 2022 season. So it, it's coming soonish. I just until don't know when then, it's going to be dubbed. Until then, it looks like I did it. Smashed two seasons into one. Yeah, he, AJ did a phenomenal job. I this this is the type of episode. This is a good. I like this format. We'll okay. we, we will be continuing with this format. Yeah, for sure. Cause like the festival is important, and that stuff matters, but. We want to get like we got to discuss more. And yeah. That's what you. We didn't. We didn't need to get all intricate with like what's his face, like the gentleman villain, and like that little side arc. Nobody really told, cares about that. Like you can watch that. The only purpose about that is that is Midoriya's like true first win. Yeah. So that's a big thing, and we do see like there. I think he's gonna become like a part of their like. He's probably gonna be another like undercover person. I think. Most likely. Yeah. Like in the League of Villains, but. Could happen. All right. And with that, we'll see you guys next Monday, Monday. for news and notes. AJ's got some big updates for us on the new shows. Yes. Yes, I do. All right. Peace. Later. <laughs>